That's all that's left in the Brisbane Roars A-League season, but don't worry, the Brisbane Football Review is still going to keep powering on. Welcome to another episode. It's James Scott and Adam here. Guys, not long left now. Three games left, isn't it? Three home games to go. I think everyone will be glad when the season's over. Yeah, it's certainly been one that, you know, you kind of want to put in the rear view mirror, rear view mirror and forget it ever happened. Adam? Yeah, well, like I said, 15 days. <laughs> I, like, I like to look at that, but yeah, that yeah, this season, which has been a pretty awful one, I think, yeah, it'll be all over, and then we start, start fresh, and you know, hopefully things will happen in the off-season, but you know, the reports out so far is that it may linger on. 15 days, 15 days, yeah, that one actually it's worked as Three well. more weeks sounds a bit better, though, it just rolls off the tongue a bit better. Yes, it does. Yeah. Anyway, welcome yeah. to this bastion of positivity here, it's Brisbane Football Review, Season 3, Episode 30-something, I've lost count. 35, according to this. We should make this the positive edition of the show, no negative facts. Uh, okay, good luck with that. Yeah. Yes, we're here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, we're going to lead off with uh, plugs, as always, uh, comments, questions, send them in to brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, we're still working on changing that to the podcast name, it's a very long story. Twitter, at BNE Football, um, getting yeah. some good interactions on our NPL coverage, well, your two NPL coverage, I've been busy with other stuff on weekends, and a podcast which you're probably listening to on one of iTunes, Wooshka, uh, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, and I'm going to say Stitcher for the other one, as Adam's giving me the <laughs> thumbs up, I all, hope. All good and all other. Yeah. Podcasting outlets. Yep. We'll take anyone who will yeah. take us. We're, believe me, we're not picky. <laughs> yes, anyway, uh, as mentioned, the Raw's season is winding down to what is a fairly painful conclusion. I think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There was a game Friday night against Melbourne City, and we're going to lead off talking about that. I was at the Raw. Scott, how was it? It was. I was at the Reds. Oh. Got, how were the Reds first, by the way? Well, there were more there were more scoring in the first half yeah. of the Raw City game than there were in the yeah. first half of the Red Stormers. See, I bring this up because you and I were having an argument on, on our group chat at halftime about which game was actually worse. Yeah. I think it was, you were saying it was nil all or something, and it was, what, one nil to Melbourne City? At, yeah, so you'd at least been able to yeah. see some scoring. To be fair to the Reds, though, they had passed up uh, easy penalties for a chance at a try, so... Anyway, this so, isn't the Queensland yeah. Reds review. So that's just my really long-winded way of saying that this wasn't terribly entertaining and it was a pretty dismal end to the road road portion of the road season. It, it was kind of following that similar pattern that we've seen the last few weeks where just the Raw just didn't have the bodies available to yeah. match it with a side that is, despite their inconsistencies and foibles yeah. and whatnot, they're still in contention for a home final and, let's be honest, on their day can be pretty much anyone in the league. Well, they need a reaction because um, they've sort of been deadpanned, you know, as far as their performances, you know, in recent times. And, and Warren Joyce, you know, promised that, you know, that they were attacking. They they seemingly did do that. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, it's, I guess, I don't 
then go Brisbane Raw, I sometimes question whether you should start searching Tullamarine Airport because they just don't seem to show up at, at Amy Park, which is a shame because, you know, they get decent support, but it's just an, another, you know, really flat, lifeless yeah. performance. I don't know if it's the season winding down that, you know, the, the end is in sight, um, but yeah, look, it, it, there wasn't much... Um, from the Raw as far as highlights goes, to be honest. Yeah. Speaking of that travelling support, I think that might have actually been the biggest positive yeah. for the Orange team. Well, you could hear it pretty clearly compared to their Melbourne City counterparts, other, and that would be the highlight. And I think defensively, again, as I'm sure we'll hear from Darren Davies in a minute, but defensively, again, pretty ordinary to say the least. That, fir- that first goal, how they could let Berenger, mm. you know, pretty much pick off Royston, Royston Griffiths after a quick free kick. It's just, look, that, but you know what, that's... It, it's not shocking anymore. That unfortunately, that's become hallmark of the Raw's defensive sort of you know, capabilities this season. They just they, they seem to go well. They seem to bunker down, but then they just switch off, and that's when they, they get they you know they they get hit for. And that to me screams a team that's essentially just lacking in confidence right now. I I do still firmly believe that there is ability in this team. Oh, absolutely. I think like Ru and Tongyik. I will say you know he only played the first half, but. Yeah. I do think that, you know, he's one of those players that does have the ability to be an A-League player yeah. and a, potentially even a key A-League player going forward. But to me, yeah. it's just, it, it's all upstairs right now. It's a side that's seen, far, like, that's seen yeah. this happen far too many times and when it goes wrong, their heads just yeah. drop. I just think there's not enough legs in the side either, particularly in that midfield. We saw in this game a lot of times, Melbourne City did what, you remember Brisbane used to play the ball like sideways across and used to open teams up that way? Yes, and I remember yeah. several fans getting yeah. frustrated with it at times. Well, and well, City did that basically, and Brisbane's midfield wasn't mobile enough to shift across and cover that, and that's where they were. Daniel Leck had a bit of a rough evening against Berenger, but he was left isolated a lot of the time, and that was really difficult for him. I mean, he's a winger, mm. winger playing at fullback against what is still a visa play, even though he hasn't had a good year. The lack of mobility in the midfield really hurt them in this game for mine. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think that's... It's yeah. one of the reasons why on Twitter I was calling for Zach Duncan to get thrown in, just to completely break up break up the monotony of the midfield. Well, let's hear what Darren Davies had to say about this game. What's your reaction to that, Darren? Disappointing. Um, disappointing in the way we conceded the first goal. Um, poor defending, just switched off. Uh, but then we get back into the game at one all, and you think the game is evenly poised or what could go one way or another, and um, for the second week run in, the, the opposition probably kicked on and uh, went on to win the game. And that is the voice of Darren Davies, or as I prefer to call him, another person who's waiting for this season just to be over. And I, it's one of those weird things where he just looks really tired. Like, well, essentially, like he came to Brisbane to be an assistant and then suddenly got thrust into the role as everybody else left around him. He did seem really worn down on Friday night by the events of the whole thing. And that was about the shortest post-game grab we've had from him so far, about 30, 40-odd seconds. He just... He does seem like he's really waiting for the season yeah. to end. You're right. I mean, it's not worked out the way he would have liked. It's not none of it's his fault, by the way. You give you give a give a team a team to a coach, and then half of that team's defensive players are gone. There's only but so much you can do. More, more than half. I know. Well, yeah. it's being conservative, but there's only so much he can really do with this. And I think yeah, you think you're right. Just like most fans, he's waiting for the season to end as well. Yeah, it's just it's just such so, so unfortunate for Darren Davies because you know he 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 seems to have he seems to have know how you know um. What not? I'm not afraid to attack, but he just yeah. he just doesn't have to get a cat on the yeah. ground to do anything. You know, yeah. it's it's only so much when you got you know 
underperforming you know, senior players, you know, when you've got you know, youngsters are still learning their, their craft, you know, as such, you know, it, it's just it's just a horrible situation. And to think that, you know, that this club is not going to finish, you know, bottom of the ladder, that, you know, there's actually a team that's even worse yeah. than the Roy really shows, you know... Silver you know, lining, yeah. silver lining. Come <laughs> okay, on. Yeah. You, you said positivity. That's about, yeah. the, that's, that's about the only positivity yeah. that, you know what, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, but, well. um, yeah, look, he, he seems like a man that's you know, really bereft of ideas, not because of I anything wrong. That. I just think he's just bereft yeah. of ideas as far as because the, the, the deck is stacked so far against him. I disagree. I don't think he's bereft of ideas. We've seen many times he's changed tactics. We've seen him play three at the back, play a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. I don't think he's bereft of ideas. I think he's got plenty of ideas. He's not, he's not been afraid to implement them. It's just, Actually, probably, to your point, when you've got no no fit players, there's only but so much you can do. Actually, I'll probably rephrase it. Probably not bereft of ideas. That's probably the wrong word. It's probably bereft of options. Yep. That he, as I said, he probably he doesn't have the options to be able to, you know, to do anything other than, you know, play the kids, you know, keep playing the same players that seem to be out of form or, you know, maybe injured or whatever. And that's, yeah, so in, in the end, it's a no-win situation for him. I really feel sorry for him. Yeah, yeah I, the only point I would also say about that is, it doesn't seem like there's been a clear strategy, essentially, around team selection, is it? I know, it's, again, it's lack of fit and healthy players has been, you know, the defining nature of this whole season. I know you were talking with, yeah. I think, the victory for Vuxaker count. Yep. And they were saying, like, you haven't seen anything like that in recent memory. And hmm. obviously, it's one of those seasons where just... Everything yeah. that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. And it's but gotten worse too because yeah. Enrique's done his groin on Friday night and that may very well be the last time you see him in a Brisbane shirt. He looked pretty despondent when he came off on Friday night and I think Tongi came off at halftime as well. So that might be an injury as well. So you're talking about a Two club, le- a club legend who you might have been having a farewell for in a couple of weeks may not be able to do that now. And then one of the last fit defenders is possibly out as well. It's, it and, really is down to the bare bones now. And someone who, if you are planning on kick, bringing him on for next year, he's going to be starting the season or pre-season on a treatment table. Yeah, I don't know how serious these injuries are, but... No, but you, I mean, you like, would okay, not, could be. You know, you assume you're not going to take off your only fit defender, basically, if he's not injured, so... Yeah, and the only point I will also say about, you know, the way the squad has been managed as well, is I remember, what, three, four months ago, we were all saying, all right, well, what have we got to lose? Just throwing the kids, and that it seems like they've still been a little bit of a relux, rel, reluctance to. Yep. And we're not quite seeing maybe just that. I think I think you make a good point there. I think it's a case of yeah, look, the, the cause has been to throw the kids on, but at what point you don't want to throw your kids onto a sinking, sinking ship either. And I think yeah. I think you know if things were going okay, positive now picking up you know wins here and there, you'd say okay, it's a positive. I don't know if I if I'd be too inclined to want to throw your best prospects forward yeah. into this situation. I think this situation's gotten so bad, and not not because it's anyone's fault, just the situation of it all. That you know, you'd almost be afraid to expose you know an Isaac Powell or you know, Aaron Reed and or you know one of your top prospects in in MPL that's going around at the moment to to this situation. So I think it's gotten that bad. You worry what damage it'll do to their development. And also, I remember a quote from uh, Drew Sherman from that youth league game we were at yeah. back in December, where if you feel like going back through our uh, youth league post game show archives, I think it was after the victory six uh, nil game. Where he said, you know, these guys are obviously going to try and break into the A League, but there is still a massive jump between yep. playing well in an underage team, or and then jumping up to yeah. a full-blown professional competition. I still think we're going to see a fair few more in those last three games. I think I think, um, have to. I think, I think have Isaac to, yeah. Powell will be coming in at some point to get a game or two now that they're all back. Based well, he's in on Brisbane. school holidays. Exactly, he's on holidays <laughs> now, so his exams are over for the term. We've got Daniel Leck, who's been playing the last month. He'll probably play. He might even have to throw an Aaron Reed or Zach Duncan in. 
Now, you don't really have a choice with yeah. the injuries you have. I mean, even if it's having them on the bench and getting them experience that way instead of starting them, that might be the best way to do it. But yeah, with what you've got available, you have to put someone on the bench. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going to be one of those Simpson situations where it's, hey, you there, get your hand off my wife's leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, there is actually one last quote from uh, Davies that I wanted to get to as well, just okay. talking about the signs of improvement in the team. See light at the end of the tunnel. Do you see improvement in the time you've been in charge, even if the results are not going your way? Well, it's it's very difficult, Lynchy, especially given the injuries we've had. You know, I'm not not here to not here to speak. You know, make excuses or whatever. But you know, we're playing with with five boys who are out season ending. Uh, it looks like Enrique's gone down with a groin tonight. So the the the, the squad is really down to the bare bones to be honest um we play in young players you know i thought the i thought you know at the end we got we got leck on there you got joey Clett, you got d'agostino you got dylan wenslow stephanie grow okay he's a little bit older at left back you know so you've got zach duncan on the bench uh, jay barnett's had opportunity throughout the season uh, you know so the positive is that those young boys are getting an opportunity um but then they need to take, obviously take that opportunity so that, you know, for the new coach who's watching, you know, that as Ben alluded to, contracts are up, um, you know, the, 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 we'll obviously be looking towards next season. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the boys are giving everything. The boys, we're training, we're training and we're putting in as much effort now as we was previously. And, and I, I say that because I don't want to say we were putting in more. Because if I said we were putting in more, that means we weren't putting in, uh, we, you know? Uh, so we're putting in every effort that we can to get a result for this football club every single week. And that does kind of reflect what we were talking about as well. Like, I don't think that there's unnecessarily a lack of effort. I think it's just a case of, sadly, a lot of these guys have realised, well, finals are probably out of the question, so it's very hard for them to motivate themselves to play for anything. Even though, Matt McCoy came out during the week and said, these guys are going to be playing for a job next year, whether it's here or somewhere else. Well, they have to, but that's really the one limited positive out of this season is all the young players getting an opportunity. They've they've been given a real taste of it now. They know exactly what it's like. And if they go through a full pre-season... They might be able to step up and be a part of the squad next year, but we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. For This isn't the sort of season anyone expected. And what we might also see as well, uh, when we have our season finale show after the Anzac Day game, you might have a full list of debutantes, uh, your team graduates and whatnot. It'll be your... a long list, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to fill it out somehow, I'm yep. sure. Uh, yeah, anyway, so sadly it does you know, end a pretty rough away 2018-19 season where... 14 games, 10 losses, 3 draws, and just the solitary win, which came... It was the Mariners, right? Yes, 5-3 in the Mariners. God bless the Mariners. Yeah, well, like I said, it's... <laughs> and it actually probably was the best away yeah, team we'd had. Yeah, the stand of badness, unfortunately, this season, so... But yeah, look, just just quickly, just going back on look on the Melbourne City side of things. Um, look, the last two goals, like the Richie Delac goal and I guess the Riley McGree goal, that, that were pretty good. I think, you know, that's more yeah. confidence, you know, of the situation. You know, I don't think there was much wrong to do. And I thought Harrison Delbridge's header was also pretty good. It was, but for the Raw to concede a couple of minutes after that, that's endemic yeah. of 
switching off after a goal. I mean, I will, I will say Sean Harrison had to do a bit of work to score. Um, he probably shouldn't have gotten that close to get in the position where he got one-on-one with Jamie Young at the near post. But uh, look, he, he had to finish it and he, he did a good job. So look, I think um, near the raw, we, I think we po- focused on the other raw sort of defensively we were not that great. But I'll also as well, Melbourne City did take their opportunities as well, which you know, that probably embellished the scoreline a little bit as well. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when they actually have two decent strikers out there mm. and you know, don't have their best player sitting in the stands. Uh, no, they kept Jamie McLaren in Jacob Pepper's pocket or something. He's <laughs> the only constant in the back line, isn't he? Yeah. It's about the only one. So he must have been keeping Jamie McLaren quiet because he only had a couple of shots on goals. Yeah. So just to wrap up the rules away season, lowest ever points tally away from home with six, fewest wins, one, and most goals conceded with 35. Yes, and we'll probably have a few more records broken in a couple of weeks too. Yeah. Once we get the home portion of the season Look, completed. Yeah. yeah. It, it's an away season I'm very glad to see the back yep. of. Let's move on to the NPL. Remember because... when the away games used to be the strength of the club, by the way? They used to win all, win away from home all the time and then not win at home? Season 3, 4. Yeah, yeah I know, because I remember going to Suncorp State. I started going to the Raw games back in season, I want to say, 3 of the A-League, and still waiting to see the Raw win for like three months. <laughs> it, yeah, it was fun. Anyway, on to the NPL. Speaking of fun. Yes, yes. When, I, when I was doing uh, fun uncle duties at my niece Jessie's uh, eighth birthday party on Saturday night, you two were watching what was an absolute classic of a grand final rematch, which Lions won 3-2. Now, before we get your thoughts on the game, let's hear from Coach Warren Moon. Uh, it's, um, it's a healthy NPL rivalry between two great clubs, Olympic and Lions, and um, well, I don't know how to describe it. You know, no side ever gets on top. Um, I thought we were the better side for the first 20, 25 minutes, and then... And then from that point on, when they got their first goal, I thought Olympic were probably outstanding, to be fair to them. Um, we tried to fix things, change things in the second half, but uh, they just kept coming. And um, it was one of those things we just kept saying on the bench, it felt like a matter of time. We were hopeful with five to go, we were going to hold out, but they, they managed to get the, the, uh, the equaliser. And then it's one of those things, is, you know, it, it, there's a lot of winners in our playing group. There's a lot of winners and a strong mentality. And to find a way yet again, I uh, just couldn't be proud of the boys that we got. You mentioned the, the um, rivalry and the winning mentality. Was it important to continue that, continue that dominance you've had over them? We beat them in the cup last year, beat them in the grand final as well. Is it important to keep that going? Uh, oh, look, I don't look at it that way. I mean, you're going to have spells in football. They're a good side. You know, they're going to beat us. There's no doubt about that. At some point, they'll beat us. You know, and uh, it's, it's like last year when we played power. I think we hadn't lost them in eight games. And I said it then. They're going to beat us eventually. They're a good side, and they did. You know, they did round one. So it's it's football. You know, you, right now we'll ride the uh, the emotions and the luck that we're getting, and we're getting the results against Olympic. But that's a seriously uh, seriously good football side we played tonight, and uh, I couldn't be happier for the boys that we got three points. Is that the sort of result which can really catapult you further forward in the season? Now? Well, I think it helps. I mean, you don't want to look too far ahead, but um, this run of games, Gold Coast Knights and Olympic, we knew it'd be key in, in what we want to try and achieve this season, but. Um, you know, it's just three more points, and if we start looking too far ahead, um, there's, there's, I think there's another 20 games to go, 19, it's a long way to go. We, we just need to make sure we're consistent, keep picking up points, and see where it takes us at the end of the season. Uh, last time we spoke to you, you talked about the fact that the offence wasn't enough goals. you please score three tonight and rectify that? I'm most pleased with Marek, if I'm honest. I'm pleased for the performance level in the last five weeks. We've been pretty good, defensively been pretty good. Tonight we were tested and copped a couple of goals. That happens, but... Uh, most pleased for Marek tonight. His all-round play was 
so much better and, and his finishing tonight was it's, it's the mark we expect and the mark we know and I couldn't be happier for him. And of course a very, very happy Warren Moon there talking about his side's 3-2 win. It was full of drama obviously and a double from Marek Mardley including the 90-somethingth minute yeah, winner. This was madness this game. I mean, it genuinely did live up to what we had seen in the two two classic meetings last year. Think back to their game in the Cup around of 32 in the Grand Final. This belongs right there a long time in terms of drama and entertainment value. This was an absolutely fantastic game. Lions really answered that. Anyone criticising Lions or questioning them after they lost to Gold Coast last week, they came out and just smashed that to smithereens early on. And Olympic did what they always do. They come back and to concede a goal in the 95th minute on that type of goal as well, a long looping free kick from a goalkeeper dropping at the back post. I think that's... If I was coaching Olympic, that would, to me... Set me off as well. Yeah. I think that would Ben Carmen Yeah, to put self. all that great work in to get yourself back into the game and get a goal like that, I can yeah. understand why you would be a little bit frustrated at that. I think I can totally understand that as well. And of course, we probably should say good job to Simon on the call for that as well. Yes, he did a great yes, job. Because, yeah, that's Simon's sort of, he's getting used to the uh, the big soundtrack, you know, sort of highlight moments. Because, yeah, there's another one there's another one for the ages. And um, look, it's, as I said on the uh, our post game show on, on Saturday night, it seemed to follow the same script. Where Lions jump out, lead, then Olympic claw their way back in, they level, and then something happens. Yeah. Uh, and I said at half time, I think when we were talking privately yeah, at half time, I said, this is going to be a 3 2 game. I just don't know which way it's going to happen. Yeah. Marek Madeley pops up, and, you know, and, and I think it's thank, thankfully he's started to return back to form. That, you know, that, that brace, that, I think that will set him off because he was struggling for a number of weeks. He was, and we saw against that. Uh, against Strikers, I think it was, in that Tuesday night uh, NPL game that we recorded mm. at. I almost called it a friendly. Uh, th- where he s- was trying to almost be a little bit more of a provider. And it seems yeah. like, now, from what I saw from this game, he, he was going a lot more for goal, saying, no, nah, I'm the lead striker yep. for a reason. Yeah. But one thing, one good point as well, like, this is the sort of game that you need to advertise the NPL. Yep. In. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're not all going to be at this level. Mm. But at least it shows, like, in a season that has been fairly disappointing for local fans across the A-League, it shows that there's still some good football. And yes, we know the standard can fluctuate quite a lot. But in terms of entertainment, you watch this game, and the full replay of this game is available on Football Queensland YouTube channel, by the way. Nice plug. Also, the thing is, these two teams might not be the best two teams in the competition this year. Have to wait and see on that Peninsula Power and Gold Coast Knights obviously have a lot to say about it. But when these two teams match up against each other, you know it's it's never going to be a dull game. It's just these teams are not capable of a dull game. And talks about Madley for Alliance. Jose Loftus for Olympic was absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. The way he just bombed forward down the left-hand side, he was fantastic for Olympic. And I don't even think Andy Thompson had a bad game either. It's just Jez Loftus was that good. And you look ahead to potentially for the Raw next season, you put those two guys in the, in the Raw squad, that would be quite an entertaining prospect. I mean, if we're going to sign... Players from around the local leagues, that'd be where I'd start those two. Because Lofthouse is a fantastic young player. And also as well, um, sort of almost sort of under the radar, Chris Lucas yeah. is now he's the golden boot leader at the moment. He scored that the um, equaliser in the second late in the second half. So look, um, yeah, they, look, these two sides. Like, it's a, you, you're right. It's a great advertisement for MPL Queensland when these two sides get together. A few of the other top teams as well. Like it's it may not be. Look, it's hard to sort of compare the standard, but you, you sort of take an isolation, and it is an entertaining well, game of football. I'll put it this way. I watched the full 90 minutes of Raw Melbourne City and the full 90 minutes of this. I was much more entertained by the Lions mm. and Olympic game. I think it was a lot more attacking intent from both sides, I think. I do think that probably also comes down to the fact that with the Raw, you kind of knew how that yeah. game was going to unfold. Whereas with this one, as you said at halftime, Adam, mm. like, 
it could go either way. Yeah. And that, I think, is what really is giving it the yeah. edge right now. And you've missed the last two of these. So I think you have to get to the next one at Goodwin Park. Well, talk to my niece, <laughs> yes, all right? She's turned eight. You've missed out on two classic games here. That actually yeah. that, that a very funny story about Saturday night, which I definitely okay. can't repeat on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so some of the other results. Penn Power, still unbeaten. 3-1 over Southwest Queensland. Gold Coast United, 3 Western Pride, 1. Another 3-1 game. Morton Bay, 3-1 over Magpies Crusaders. 3-2, just for, well, a second 3-2 score. Gold Coast Knights over Easts. 2-2 uh, draw between Brisbane City and Brisbane Raw. We'll come back to that one in a second. And Sunshine Coast to Redlands United 3. So yes, The great Shuto Kubiyama with a hat-trick, I think, for Ooh. Redlands to, to... Actually, they're up into like 10th now after this, by the way. Who would have thought Redlands would be so far up the table? Well, after they, what they are. The yeah. way that we've like all talked about them in recent weeks, to, for them to be... In tenth. I think it's really close between like 10th and 15th. but Up to 10th with yeah. a negative 20 goal difference. Yeah. yeah, with 33 goals conceded, yeah. which is four more than the next team, Southwest Queensland. So good for them. Um, you want to touch quickly on the correction from the Brisbane Raw, Brisbane City game mm. at uh, Spencer Park. Yeah, look, uh, we, we were, we were tro- well, obviously, we sort of have a commitment to cover the Raw games as well, um, but it makes it incredibly difficult when a uh, Brisbane Raw don't fill in Sports TG properly, um, they don't put their full team in, and then somehow, some way, um, a unknown player by the name of Charles Lockerlingoy. Never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. Anyway, who's, who's even who, good? Who, yeah, well, he, he ended up scoring two goals in 25 minutes, and we're thinking, who the hell is that? Because it wasn't yeah. listed. Um, we ended up make, naming the wrong player because um, Hassan Ramzani, Ramzani wore number 18, so we thought, oh, maybe that must must be him. Then we hear on Monday that, um, that yeah, that it's uh, Charles Lockerlingoy of, you know, okay, we're all jokes aside, you know, if senior senior yeah. A League player, you know, played for Sydney FC, you know, come out and score two goals. So it it's, it is a bit disappointing, and frustrating. Like we're trying to we're trying to cover the games, you know, the youth games. I think it's important it's an important service to know what the next generation is like. But and it doesn't help when you know the raw when the raw media and it's uh, I very rarely have a go at them. But you know this. Yeah, did not have this, the the team lineups out or anything like that. I don't know what happened as far as coverage goes. Um, but yeah, it makes it very difficult. Know we make mistakes and we, we apologise for misinformation. But you know, like I so said, we can only call what we see. You do what you can. Yeah, yeah we do. We do what we can. You know, and it's just it's just a little frustrating. I know I was pretty frustrated on Saturday night after and then finding out after all that we got we got the wrong name because we do pride ourselves on um, on sort of making not making mistakes. Or minimising them anyway because yeah. like we've, yeah. we've all had times where we've posted yeah. something and then like no, this, you know yeah. like I remember we've had you know times where we've posted team news and said oh by the way guys yeah. it's not that or we've posted yeah. a goal score and said oh actually this it person- actually happened last night in the Brisbane Strikers South game South made a late change their starting lineup as well so you're yeah. right we do we do make mistakes now and then we really try and limit them and yeah. this one was a bit of a frustrating one yeah yeah we also we also did get wrong the uh, the goal scorer of the uh, Brisbane City one, but we we, we blame their gold gold yeah. numbers. Change that, and then we'll yeah. do better a job. And, and James has said that the two Stooges who were covering that game for BFI have been sacked, so we'll be <laughs> so James will be back on his yeah. own next week. Oh, lucky me! Wait, when? Yeah. <laughs> just also just one other thing, oh. is, just one thing as well. Um, 
The other result that was that popped out was Morton Bay three, Magpies oh, Crusaders yes. one. Looks like uh, the Morton Bay boys have uh, finally found their striking boots in answer to yes, they might have. Scott if they there. heard what I said last week, they obviously responded in classic shape, didn't they? Yeah. Well, you know. oh, I did say they had some fantastic players, but they just needed yeah. someone else to link in with them. So no, that, no, that, look, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good. That's a good win. They needed that win because yeah. um, they are they are a good team. Um, yeah, and they sort of, they've sort of been very inconsistent. So yeah. I think there'll be a morale boost to win for them. I think you'll see them, you know, a lot of improvement in them as they go on. All right, now we're going to move on to round eleven fixtures this Saturday night. It's Redlands against Penn Power, Strikers versus Raw Youth in the other uh, original A League bid derby. Yeah. Or in the, not the other in the original yeah, so A League. Get bid your derby. team sheets because we're going to be there on Perry Park on Saturday night. Okay, and that's Adam you want. I'm going to be steering yeah. well clear of you on Friday when we're near the Raw Media team, by the way. I'm not, I'm not associating with you on this one. Uh, and then you've enough. also got Magpies Crusaders against Lions. Lions making the trip up to Mackay. Yep. A good, good time of year to go, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, then Wednesday night, Western Pride against Moreton Bay, Olympic against Easts, and Gold Coast Knights against City. Now, those three are because of three of those teams play in the Cup at the weekend. I was just about to say that, you okay. know? Okay. And then July, Gold Coast United against Southwest Queensland. I'm assuming that's probably got something to do with Southwest, Southwest Queensland not wanting to travel to the Gold Coast midweek. Yeah. Because that's a long they time. Did, yeah. They had their FA Cup game. was scheduled Wednesday or tonight, depending on when you listen to this. It's now Sunday, so... Yeah. That would be why their game got moved, but I don't know why it's not midweek. I'm going to guess that's probably outside the fair travel yeah. zone. Yeah. Just jeez, Toowoomba to tell a budger and back on a on a weeknight. Yuck. On a Champions League <laughs> night as well. Ooh. Priorities. Well you, well, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan or something, you might want to get up and watch it. Um, just quickly, some of the other results: NPL Women's. You got Morton Bay ten, Southwest Queensland nil, yeah. Lions nine, Souths nil. Mitchelton 2, Easts yeah. 1. 2-2 two, two draw between Brisbane Raw FC slash NTC and Logan Lightning. Yeah. Gap and Gold Coast United 1-1. One, one. Sunshine Coast Wanderers beat Western Pride 3-1. This was interesting because the Morton Bay game kicked off about half an hour before the, the Lions one did, and they were well aware that Morton Bay had won 10-0 on the media oh, deck, yeah. and they were very much encouraging Lions to go forward and get that 10th. They obviously didn't quite do it, but there was, were plenty of goals on show, that's for sure. Was it like the coach... Uh, Riley in that first Mighty Ducks movie, you know, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. I think that's Morton Bay's motto, given the amount they win by every week. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I think their goal difference would be through the roof, the amount of goals they score. Hang on, so I've done Simpsons, I've done Mighty Ducks, I've got to see if I can fit in Top Gear and you're, Seinfeld in the second half. You're really fitting into the 90s genre. Well, well, children jokes. Speak, yeah. Speaking of that, so goal difference, we were celebrating last week that Kapalabar um, were, were top of the top of the pops as far as the goal scoring. That was until Morton Bay put it on 10. So they're now the, the highest goal, goal scores and, and the best goal difference in the league. But that's because Kapalbar were on a bye. So, yeah. so that will sort of... I'm sure that will rest itself. Um, just quickly, um, South United had three W League players, or ex-W League players in their squad. Got absolutely pummeled by yeah. Lions, which was quite a surprise. Yeah, they had actually a group meeting. They considered the fourth goal about 20 minutes into the game, mm. and they had a big huddle on the field to try and, you know, right the ship. And obviously it didn't quite happen for them. It wasn't a great was day. Was it stop conceding? Oh, whatever they said didn't work because obviously it continued on. But yeah, but the Lions, look, they were they were very very good, and that that was reminiscent of the the game that we last time we covered yeah. them um, against Logan Lightning. But they actually put their goals away this time. Still not the worst result South had over the week, by the way. Ooh. Okay, yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, you've got 
fixtures for next uh, weekend. You've got so- Southwest Queensland hosting Lions, Mitchelton against the Raw, Logan against Sunshine Coast, Gap against Moreton Bay, Palabar against Western Pride, and Souths against East. So some uh, NPLW action if that's to your liking. There yeah. was a lot of drama in FQPL round yes. six as well. Tell us all about it, Mr. Football Queensland commentator. Well, <laughs> I'm going to lead off with uh, the top of the table clash between Logan Lightning and Sunshine Coast Wanderers, which saw Logan score three goals from, I believe, the 74th minute on. I'll yeah. be commentating on this game. Yep. Uh, to actually leapfrog up to the top of the table on goal difference. So, well done, Logan. The game I was calling, though, Rochdale 4, Southside Eagles 0. Um, it was just a case of a much better side on the night. Rochdale, uh, yeah, just took their chances. Yeah. There was a fantastic free kick from, I'm forgetting, I think it was Graham Fife. Yep. Well, we, f- know, we know what makes, he's capable of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had the first one. I, was, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was uh, him or his partner, Danny Byrne, but... Yeah, Fife had that free kick to open the scoring in, I believe, about the 13th minute. Go check it out on the replay if you want, where I was sitting there thinking, or standing there thinking, okay, he's going to put in a cross, probably near post. You know, that's the way they seem to be setting up. Nope, just lofts it into the back post. Why not? I'm guessing you haven't seen Redlands too much over the years. Graham Graham Fife is, yeah. That's a Graham Fife special. I vaguely remember doing similar against Magpies Crusaders last Mm, year. Yeah. Just based on your your description, I've seen him do that before. Well, you didn't watch the game? I've... (laughs) <laughs> have not had a chance to flick through FQPL highlights yet. Yeah, no, but it's good to see good to see that even you know, in the second division, if you want to call it, Graham Fife is still you know, causing an impact. And just, you know, since I'm here, excellent calling position there as well. Okay. Got, got a nice bit of shelter, and the only downside, the barbecue is right below you, so you can smell the bacon that they're cooking <laughs> for the burgers. So you can go back to Rochdale. I'll be um, steering clear of that place. Too I many will. junior, Too many junior battles. All right, now there's no FQPL fixtures until April 27-28. Uh, quick update on FFA Cup Round 4 games that have been completed to the time that we're recording at, uh, which is about 6 o'clock on a Wednesday night. So, unfortunately, uh, we won't have any live yeah. scores for you tonight because I think the first game yeah. kicks off at 7. Yeah, it's five games on a Wednesday night. Yep, UQFC 4, Rochdale 5. Now, I believe John McCain from Rochdale showed up to this game on a lime scooter. That's what the footage shows. I mean, that's highly dangerous. I'm not sure if that would be uncovered by... I reckon Scott McNichol would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Knowing, considering the, the reports about how malfunctioning the, you know, the lime scooters are. And how valuable goodness. he is patrolling the centre of the yes. park. I know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, then also had Morton Bay 4, Springfield uh, 1... Pen Power 3, Kabulcha nil in a battle of the McAvoy brothers. Yeah, well, that, that both these games are really interesting as well. Because for both, for about an hour, these games look like they could be cup sets. Morton Bay conceded inside two minutes to Springfield, and it took Peninsula a long, long time to finally get their way past Kapalabar, So, Brisbane City 5, Gold Coast United 2, Lions 3, Kapalabar nil, and the one that you two were at last night, Brisbane Strikers 10, Souths 1. It was an Andy Pengelly party last yeah. night. Um, yeah, look... Um, Strikers, they need they need a reaction because I think they they realised that the the, the uh, I think they season, reacted. <laughs> I think the the season they're feeling was um, slipping back, but yeah, no, it's South. Um, this fight, other than the one goal that Sama Al Sakar scored, which was actually a pretty good yeah. goal. Other than that, it was a horrible, horrible night yeah. for them. Um, yeah, they look the the strikers, you know, attacked us, tore them the ribbons, and um, yeah, and even even they even took the replaced keeper Matt Tubbs for the. Um, for, for the backup keeper and that 
went from bad to worse, really. It wasn't 31 nil. No, well, they had a bit of fun with the backup keeper too, the strikers fans. But yeah. the, you mentioned that the strike, the um, Souths and everything. I thought the first 10 minutes until the first goal actually went in, they were really in it. They had yeah. a couple of half chances. They were pushing yeah. the strikers back. And if they did get the first goal, it could have been a, a totally different game. But once strikers got those two quick goals in succession, it was, it was... All, it was all over, but they had. I forget the name of the young midfielder who played for strikers. He had a decent impact. Uh, Kay McDermott. Kay McDermott had a, a cracking goal. He had too. a good impact on debut actually for a young kid. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break now. Um, there are plenty more FFA Cup fixtures, so check out the fixture list and see if you can get out to a game. Because who knows, you might actually see a cup set. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with a very very busy news segment and preview this weekend's clash against Wellington Phoenix. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we've caught our breath and we're back for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you tonight and very glad you're listening to us as the Raw's A-League season winds down, but that doesn't mean there's any shortage of news topics. What do you think's going to wind down sooner, the Raw's season or summer? Well, it's been still having summer weather this it's going week. To be a photo finish, I reckon. Yeah. I actually tried going. I actually went swimming yesterday at the pool just down the road. Okay. It was very, very nice. Joys of a day off. Anyway, uh, as we said, there's no slowing down with the news, and there was a story by, I believe, Dave Lewis of SBS, yep. yes, uh, which had a quote from Chris Fong, which seemed to justifiably set off the masses. I will say the story was more around the um, independence of the league, and this quote you're about to read was right at the very end of the story, but it's the one that's taken well, off. As far as I'm concerned, it's good to see that Raw fans are actually reading to the bottom of stories <laughs> yes. rather than just going for the headline and losing their minds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Fong, there will be a decision made before June, that's for sure, but we need more clarity on the budgets we'll have available and exactly how much we'll be able to invest before we act. Right now, we simply don't have that. Now, a lot mm. of, like, the instant reaction to that, you know, given the Raw's unfortunate history when it comes to finances and whatnot, ha- was basically they can't afford a coach. I took a very, very different approach to that where I actually thought with all the talk, and it probably helped that I'd just listened to the Fox Football podcast where they were talking about the independent A-League and club investments and whatnot. I actually took it as, what if there's a, what if there's a, you know, change with the independent A-League coming before June and all of a sudden the Raw are going to have either a lot more money to play with because all of a sudden they're going to be bring in a lot more of a profit or, you know, maybe, okay, they've got to fund a lot more stuff on the back end now, stuff that the FFA had previously taken care of and perhaps, you know, maybe they don't have the funds to go for one of the bigger name candidates been named. That's just purely will, my theory. I will say the Raw have always, when it's been about funding stuff and budgets, they've always been able to find a way to make it work for everything you want to happen because when they were, when they... In- built the academy up from scratch, they did add, allocate extra funding for that. So it very well may be that if the league goes independent, they'll insert extra funding into this. Because I also agree with you. I think this quote was taken slightly out of context from the journalist here. I don't think I don't think that's exactly what he meant to say. And look, I, I have no dramas with fans naturally being yeah. sceptical or things considered. I think, I think at this stage they have the right to because yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of disappointment with the delay in naming the coach. Um, yeah. Uh, 104 days apparently. Uh, yeah. As we're recording, yeah. That, which, mm. as I would say, that's way too long and we were talking about before we recorded. You want to get the new guy in just so that they can say, hey, yeah. he, like, make a start already. I'll, I was telling you before I found something. Nine games into the season, John Lewis, he was moved on. 
Yep. So too was Frank Farina. It was okay. nine games in. So you think back to 2009-10, they immediately had a coach they brought in. He had some questionable results towards the end of the season, but everyone knew he was going to be the coach. It was going to be his team built his way. And he was very quickly able to go out and build that team, and you know what happened. Now the Raw, the Raw haven't got anyone in place to do that, unless Darren Davies does get the job eventually. They're going to bring someone in later on. The recruitment is starting to drag on, and John Cosby mentioned this on Friday night as well. I mean, if this goes much longer, it's really going to affect recruitment and the results next season if you can't get the players in. And also, just pointing that out as well, so from memory, Farina got caught on Saturday morning. Yep. Uh, he got sacked, I believe, within about 24 hours. He was stood down that day, but he was not relieved of his duties until the middle of next week. Okay, yeah. Because I remember Postacoglu was working for Fox Sports then as well, saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to commit one way or another until uh, Frank has had his resolution, yeah. like job status resolved. Because I think Rado took the game against Gold Coast that he did. weekend. He did. And basically, yeah, Postacoglu said either on that broadcast or the soccer is later that week, I'm not committing to anything because, as far as I'm aware, Farina is still in the job. Yeah, yeah look, and, that, and that's, um, I think that's the difference because I think it's the, the also the other silver lining that, that fans are hanging on to that this that we had that this season sort of has followed the same path as that, that 2019 yeah. campaign. The only difference is there is no coach. There is no direction, you know. I would, I would bet that back then, you know, and Postacoglu this time, you know, you know, when was it? Eight years ago, eight nine yeah. years ago, he was out there. He was he was you know finding the likes of Eric well, Pardalou in Scotland, yeah. you know, and and other players, you know, bring bring him back home and and just and whereas there is no planning, and it's clearly yeah. it's clearly evident, you know, based on what Matt McKay came out and said in the press. They, yeah. they I think it, there's a whole. It's no one knows what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I looked it's, this up. Uh, He'd already signed guys. Co- yeah, okay. McKay quote: None of the guys know what's happening. It's difficult. A lot of these guys are young. They've got long careers ahead of them. And they want to know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I looked. Mm. I looked back at this. I mean, he'd already by this point in the. I know it's different because it's obviously the off season. The season was already finished. Yeah, but he'd already mm. signed guys like Barbarusis and Pardalou and Ed Redmayne by this point, and probably heavily down the path of recruiting Thomas Broich. It was. It was only Salorsner who turned up late that season. Everyone else was basically there in mm. in preseason, which started what about. April, May, if you think back, remember all the, so basically the 25 the games they of played. July. Yeah. yeah. So it was, everyone was ready to go. They had a full preseason to get the team together. I mean, you know what happened. I mean, the other examples as well. I mean, Sydney FC did this when they had their bad year under Graham Arnold. They kept him around. They backed him in. Melbourne Victory did this. It's only Perth Glory this last year who brought Popovich in slightly later and recruited slightly later, and it worked for them. But that's an outlier. Most of the teams who bounce back from poor years start this stuff very early on. And that's I, I, I was, sorry, I was going to say, you go to the other side of the coin, you've seen the likes of Newcastle Jets, you know, sacking coaches or relieving coaches of their duty, you know, weeks out from the start yeah. of the season. Central Coast Mariners, it's just been an endless, you know, carousel of coaches where they even thought that, you know, maybe, you know, hiring Mike Mulvey and announcing him back in April, you know, of the season might fix it, but obviously nothing's weren't there. So that, that was a year also, ago this week, by the time. That more to do with the club than yeah. that. Yeah, oh, look, yeah. That, that's the thing. They're those two examples there, um, and Perth, you know, seem, seemingly, you know, before yeah. Tony Popovich, so they seem to have that, this sort of issue with recruiting and whatnot. So I think that the, the point is, if you don't start your recruiting, you know, in, you know, April, May, ahead of the new season, 
Now you, you're going to struggle. You even look at you even look at you know the new boys in Western United. Even though they probably can't announce half the names they've got, they've got a starting to build a you know nucleus yeah. of a very decent team, and they're ahead yeah. of their first ever game. So, I think you're a start your recruitment even earlier than that. But yeah. this is about the time where you want to really finalise yep. a lot of it if you can, because otherwise, you, particularly with like the A League players out of contract, you do start to get left behind. We've seen obviously Botiak's come out in recent weeks saying he would like to have his future secured, and I'm. So, quote from Matt McKay, there's a lot of other players as well. Well, that's the other thing. That's the one point. One thing I'm holding on to as a fan right now is the fact that, you know, we've seen all these teams have these good turnarounds in the space of one off-season. And it's, it's the, you know, crapshoot that is the A-League, unfortunately, where because you've got so many guys on such short-term contracts, you know, signing for a year or two years, there's always a lot of players out there. And if you get that right mix, where, look, I would even... I think I'd even be fine with a coach coming in and saying, all right, I'm not making my recruitment decisions yet, but I know the sort of players that I want. Like, at least coming in with an idea saying, all right, once that, you know, Anzac Day game against Adelaide is done, I know what I'm going for. And, yeah. You would hope there's going to be a fair bit of movement by the end of... Is that April 25th? Yeah. By middle of May... Anzac Day is April 25th. I know, I had had a blank moment. I would imagine by middle of May, you would hope a coach is in place and he's a long way down the line to bringing people in. I think the Otherwise, only, you're leaving it late. I think the only thing that you can say that, you know, in defence of the Raw right now, and I think it goes back to Fong's quote that he was saying in context, if you read between the lines, is I think the, the establishment of the independent A-League may be the reason why, not only the Raw, but I think a lot of clubs may be holding their cards close to their chest they normally yeah. would this time of year, because that will be a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could potentially go from a league where you're trying to juggle around contracts to try and stick, stick within a salary cap, to all of a sudden thinking, you know what, you have freedom. To buy, to spend wherever you want, however much you want, and I think that may be the reason why. But I, I've got to hope that you know that's, you know, the optimistic yeah. fan in me says, you know what, that's the reason why. But when you then see quotes like Matt Mackay's quote, where you know what, he's not trying to leverage a deal through an agent. Like he's at the end of his career, and if he's saying something like that, it makes me worry that that is the truth. They really don't know what's going on at the moment, and that is a worry. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that you know is obviously going to bear watching as yeah. the situation unfolds. Yeah. But I think the bottom line is that you, you just really want a plan to not just be worked on at the raw, but it had to be public because we all knew what Andrew's plan was going to be. He was going to build the team his way, whether you liked it or not. It was well known going into that off season what was going to happen. Yeah, but we don't. We have no idea what's going to happen at the moment. That's I, the that's the frustration. And I just keep going back to. I remember, you know, that whole off-season, there was a lot of, you know, people wanting and kicked out. Oh, there was. Especially mm-hmm. with the way, like, that the club had parted with Craig Moore and yeah. Yeah. whatnot. Oh, so, yeah. like, he, you know, he was, you know, destroying the culture of the club. You know, there was no chance that he was ever going to be successful. And, you know, everyone swings and misses sometimes. He was so. absolutely, completely unsuccessful, wasn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there was no no chance that he was. Hopefully, going to they be... can find someone equally unsuccessful. And also, just quickly, uh, Michael Theo is all said to the back backeries. Rectify the situation or sell the club. And I think he got a round of applause across Brisbane for that. Yeah, everyone except everyone except the people that matter. I yeah. was actually quite surprised at the way that um, David Puray sort of publicly, sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, sort of, you know, pointed out that you know that Michael Theo's opinion should have gone to the club first rather than go public. Um, Quite surprised by that actually, because I think that's I think Michael Theo is probably you know sort of parroting what the general feeling is in the fans at the moment. Is that you know the backeries 
seemingly are not doing anything, letting this whole situation slide. Through or on through. He's also doing a bit of work with Fox at the moment as well. Mm. So that could also be a bit of punditry going on yeah, there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's more what it was. And, yeah. Anyway, uh, other news. Matildas played hey. in a very, very high-scoring clash at, uh, against the United States in Colorado on Friday, which mm-hmm. it's actually a lot of fun to watch at work, I will say. Uh, Why would you cover the game then? <laughs> I went out to lunch. Oh, that's it. Next time we know he's... <laughs> Beth Scott and I were trying to juggle through our bloody lunch breaks at work to try and to cover this. So. Uh, anyway. And well, someone's being very, very quiet and oh, sneaky. We weren't covering it per se. Oh, no anyway. excuses. Anyway, anyway, it was... Gamble yeah. irresponsibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 5-3 to the US. Alex Morgan uh, opened up the screen with her 100th international yep. goal. Good goal, too. And, you know... In, it was a good goal because she made Claire Polkinghorne look bo- mm. like just borderline yeah. average there. That's not an easy thing to do no. either. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of defensive concerns there right now with the Matildas, though. Uh, you can include the US in that, too. They had some troubles. I don't think to who... I forget the, the, the woman who played at the right back for them, but I don't... I'm not sure that she'll be in their final World Cup squad either. So mm. if, based on this evidence, I would be looking to other teams about winning the World Cup because defending like that's not going to get you... So far, and you'll basically the way the Matildas looked is like they'll be a team highly entertaining early on, but when they run into teams at the end of the tournament who are strong defensively, they'll get found out. I think they have to tighten up defensively because that's my, too my many goals. My worry for the Matildas at the moment is um, their fullback positions. So that's and that's where you look at look at the four four of those four of the five goals came from attacks from the yeah. from the flanks. You know, obviously uh, Alex Morgan's goal was just 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 pure brilliance. You know, right the middle, but you know Tobin Heath, you know. Um, Megan Rapinoe, yeah, they they they'll they goal score from you know I guess yeah. we we'll call them mistakes, but I guess the experience that Gemma Simon and Ellie Carpenter are both exposed, and look they've been able to get away with that to a certain degree. I guess less sides, but uh, attacking yeah. you know force that the US have, yeah, they were really exposed. I think that's going to be a real problem against yeah. the top sides is their fullbacks, but you can't yeah. complain about their front their yeah. front six, including Tamika Yallop, yes, as we were apparently. Where I told hours before the game, and we Speaking didn't hear. Speaking of errors we made during the last yeah. week, yeah, um, yeah, but look, that front three, you know, you know, at least Devanna's scoring yeah. a nice goal. Caitlin Ford's, you know, the techers on that was just wow, mm. and and Sam Coven bobbing up. So look, attacking wise, I think the Matildas are all right. Defensively, I think that's where I think they they need a lot of work on. I will say, you mentioned Gemma Simon. I think Gemma will only be the backup at. In France, I think Steph Catley will be back in, mm. which adds a lot more experience to that back four as well. I think, I think Carpenter will be okay. I think, I think a lot of goals do come down that left hand side from memory, so just uh, probably a fair bit in just, that. Just the one. And yep. from a raw perspective as well, uh, as mentioned, Claire Polkinghorn started. Um, Haley Ratso and Katrina Gori both came off the bench. It was good to see Gori back. I yep. think mm. late sub. Yeah, getting back on in her uh, injury rehab. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie Arnold, watch from the sidelines. Yes, I think they're still over there, aren't they, in Denver? Yeah, like training for the are. week, yeah. And I think the NWSL starts this weekend as well. That's so right, yep. Check out uh, where all your local Australians are. So for next week, one of us might go through and find out which Raw players are in the NWSL and what clubs they're at. Angela, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> well... She's the editor of the women's game. Yeah, so you would hope that Angela would know. Yes, yep. exactly. And I'm sure she's listening to this right now. And we'll get a message from her about 55 minutes after this is posted. Um, if not, there's going to be trouble. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and we are just throwing her under the bus <laughs> yeah. there. Um, the Matildas do have a final pre-World Cup game against the Netherlands in Eindhoven on June 1st. 
Be a good test, that one. Yep. Uh, other news. Rob Sherman is the new FFA technical director. That surname might sound familiar for a reason. Yes. Not Drew. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, sound, it sounds like, um, yeah, that, that uh, Rob Sherman, he's moved on from Melbourne Victory in the, the top yeah. post, which may have opened the vacancy for, for Drew to, if you believe the uh, so, causality. So you're saying that the traditional path of coaches is happening from Melbourne, from Brisbane to Melbourne to the FFA. That's, oh, I didn't I, think of that think, angle, actually. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I know <laughs> it's not the same Sherman as the FFA, but... Are the Victory going to whinge in demand compensation like they did with Ange? Uh, for signing a coach that was under contract or a technical director that was under contract. I think they've got other things to whinge about this week when it comes to the FFA. Speaking oh, of, yeah, oh, yeah, the Essen- how did we get through this without mentioning this? Well, yeah, we would. We were actually going to be in for a very short show yeah. until the SCG playing surface came out. Now, yeah. I don't understand why they were playing this in a construction site. It was absolutely. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, that was the Allianz Stadium yeah. photo. I was just that's never at. looked better too. That Allianz Stadium. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, I. I was uh, covering the Broncos game for work there yeah. at the SCG, and honestly, like I completely forgot that you know there was an A League game coming yeah. up there on Friday. But ooh, that was dreadful. Well, I was aware of the game happening, but I wasn't watching because we were at Lions, obviously. And I looked down at my phone and I saw a couple of tweets about Antonis and Odia, mm. and I said to Adam immediately, yeah. "I said this better not be what I think it is because of the an injury yeah. on the surface." And it turns out it was. I mean. I, yeah. I don't. It hasn't been proven. It was because of the surface, and I don't think it's as bad as it was originally feared. But it's a terrible look, isn't it? It's I mean, a, yeah, it's a I mean, real scare. At some scare. point, when are we going to stop playing games on these fields? Remember the game at at so-called Spotless Stadium earlier in the season when they were picking up nails and and plastic off the field in the warm-up. Well, that's at one some thing. point we've got to put a stop to this, haven't we? That was my first thought, though. Like, is, at what point does a club say, "No, screw it"? Like, you haven't provided us with a satisfactory yeah. playing service. Because yeah. you would assume that in any sort of ground lease yeah. agreement, there is yeah. some sort of, like, clause yeah. in there saying the ground needs to be of a certain standard. And, you know, the SEG yeah. Trust released a statement afterwards saying, well, you didn't, have a, problem with us. It. You didn't have a problem with it before the game. Yeah, yeah look, I, I, look, right or wrong, I think the question needs to be asked, you know, about... Because obviously every ground goes through a pitch inspection, you know, and... How, if it was as bad as what they say it was, how did that actually pass? Or did it pass by the bare skin of its teeth, hoping, oh no, hope that yeah. something doesn't happen? And unfortunately, it did happen. But mm. um, look, I just think, it, again, it encapsulates, everyone can put, point out what the problem is. Mm. But unfortunately, where is the solution as far as that? And I know that the solution, the easy solution to say is, oh, A-League clubs need to play in their own grounds. It's an easy solution in the short term too. Yeah, just play at non-cricket grounds. Every time you yeah. go to a cricket ground, this but, stuff but the problem, is invariably possible. I mean, there's a reason. But the problem I know is, it wasn't here, a cricket issue at Spotless, but it, it's a cricket ground as well. No, no. But the problem is as well is that you know people saying why to play play at Jubilee or Leichhardt or that. The problem is is that you know we all like, those are non co non like that follow no, football. We just think, oh, that, you know, because there's not NRL going on at, you know, there's no NRL game at Leichhardt means it's sitting still. Well, that's not, that's not correct. Like I said, they do have New South Wales regularly in Trust Cup or wherever. They've got junior games on as well. And apparently the three locations that were, that, you know, there could have been potential alternates were all being played by rugby league. At the game. And you just, okay. unfortunately, as much, as much as we'd like to say, oh, a football, a professional competition, you just can't go in and, oh, I don't think you can, just go in and say, right, we need to move. I disagree. You didn't guys just get out of I here. I 1,000% disagree. And if I was, if I was yeah. captaining an A-league club and, my, and they dish up this field, I'd be going to the opposite captain saying, look, 
let's agree. We're not going to play on oh, this no, field no, no, out, no. Of, I'm not, I'm not out of I'm not, safety I'm not, issues. Not, we're not playing. No, no, no. I'm not, I completely agree with you there. I'm yeah. just saying that the whole... No, the whole alternate venue before. Like, you, you don't... You're absolutely 100% right. If the, if the field's not up to, up to purpose... It shouldn't be played on. That's yeah. that's full stop. I absolutely agree. But I yeah. mean, as far as the going forward and looking, oh, where where can they play yeah. alternatively? It's not as easy as saying, oh, there's no NRL game at Leichhardt Oval, so why can't we play there? Because a good chance is there were games there. It's yeah. just not of football. Yeah. Not of, of, of yeah. I guess, in then, this case, of soccer. Then you move it to Tuesday night or yeah. whatever and you just make it happen that way. You, you can't yeah. play on fields like that. I mean, this was no. so bad. This no. was three different patches of grass yeah. on that field. That's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it shouldn't. The ground shouldn't be three different yeah. colours unless you've got sponsors' logos painted on the ground, which you don't in football. I've yeah. I've been you know fairly firm. I suppose the other way, saying, look, it's football. It's you know, it is what it yeah. is. You, pitches aren't going to be you know perfect like you get at the yeah. Emirates Stadium or something. Yeah. Mm. It is what it is. Yeah. However, that be, was yeah. not yeah. good yeah. enough. This will continue to happen until all alien clubs get their own venues, which is a long, long way yeah. in the future. But you can still expect a certain standard of yeah. as playing surface because that wasn't good enough. For, I don't care what code of football you play in there on Saturday night. That would have been diabolical for any football code. And that's also where I would, again, question you know the lease agreement saying if the pitch yeah. is not of a certain yeah. standard. And, you know, at least with Sydney, you know, you've got the option of saying, all right, well, we can play this. Yeah. You know, I well, they couldn't have played it tonight because they've got Champions League, but. You know, yeah. how much of that also is just a commercial concern going, oh, if we've got to reschedule this... Especially, especially and, being a game on free-to-wear plus, plus you know, yeah. Fox's prime And it also, like, it is, mm. I, all that popped into my mind was, it's not like, you know, this is the AFL that just has cash to flush. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. But look, I think in the days, I think the, the biggest takeaway from this is actually what Kevin Musket said in his press conference. I think, mm. I know that, you know, a lot of people, they don't like Kevin Musket, but I think everyone, almost everyone to a man, you know, and so the football community are, you know, in agreement with him. Is that, you know what, if you, if, as a code, if we keep on accepting this as being okay, well, no one else is going to take us seriously. Yeah. No, and, I, and I absolutely 100% agree with him on yeah. that. Yeah, like to, there, there have been times know, where there have been times where I've seen Suncorp be, you know, yeah. not at an ideal standard, and people have yeah. whinged and moaned, and I've said yeah. just get over well, it. Well, the worst was when it was Coldplay. It looked like a r- airport runway. Yeah, they had the big strip down the middle that was replaced, and you had the dead grass on either but side. But it was fine after Bon Jovi and stuff. Yeah, earlier this year. I think <laughs> I think you got to give Suncorp. Uh, yeah. Stadium operators a lot of credit that I think they've learned from past mistakes and they're at least attempting to really you know rejuvenate the pitch to a, to a stand that you know the raw expects so I think that's you know, at least some positives come out of it yeah, last one is I know Sydney's got a very difficult situation mm. they have a lot of stadiums that have been t- torn down being built I mean I understand that but you can't play any professional sport on that that was no. ridiculous no. anyway and thank goodness Terry Antonis isn't as badly injured as initially feared because he's had a Fantastic 12 months, put himself into soccer his calculations, and if he'd been ruled out for a year for an ACL, it would have been disastrous. Yes, and the pitch at Suncorp, he's going to have to back up on Friday night because the Broncos are playing the Tigers on Thursday night, and the Roar are playing the Phoenix on Friday night. Now, we're not going to preview the Broncos-Tigers game. I was going to ask, is there a reason why they always play Thursday nights? It'd be, I'm TV, not, Channel I'm not, a Bron- I'm not a Broncos fan, but if that would really annoy me. Channel 9. Thursday night all the time. TV. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so that's all it is. All right, cool. Yeah, the Broncos are a big draw and a yeah, yeah, you know, 
Hey, Will, I think the Raw would be happy to get 25000 <laughs> at any time of the weekend, yeah. yet the Broncos seem to get 25000 and decent decent ratings on Thursday night. Yeah. So. Well, all I will say about the Broncos is they're the best rugby, oh, they're the best NRL club this city has got. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asking because they always seem to play Thursday yeah. night. So Yeah. Um, yeah, round 25, Raw versus Phoenix this season, a nil-nil draw, which less said about that, the better, and a 4-1 defeat in John Aloisi's yeah. final game in charge, yes. where... All that I really remember from that game is the look on Aloisi's face when it was 4-1, just going, yep, I'm done. Yeah, we should have seen that coming based on that look, shouldn't we? But also that nil-all draw was featuring the Stephen Taylor miss from a yard and a half. Yeah, those long pins yeah. really didn't get into effect there, did they? I remember when it was, that was fun times around two, thinking it off the draw off to a slow start, but had plenty to build upon. Fun times. Yep. Um, the importance of these three yeah. home games, I just hope we get to see you know someone for the future who... You know, at least can give us some hope for next season. Hopefully, I'll, before we get to that, Wellington have been in training on the Gold Coast all week down at Royal Pines, and they've actually had some Gold Coast Knights players in Surfers. No, uh, no, the um golf club there, Jaden, Jaden Walker, Matt. No, I mean they've been at Surfers. Probably have been, but they've had Jaden Walker, Matt Schmidt, and Oscar Dillon in training with them, three defenders from Gold Coast Knights, all week. So it's good for them to get that experience with an A League club. But so Rudan will be signing them for Western United. Are uh, highly possible. I know they've got defensive issues themselves in terms of depth, so that might be why they've been brought in. But yeah. I noticed that today. So yeah. good for those young three players. Mm. For also Matt Schmidt, by the way, once once off the roar and an unused sub. In an A-League game. There we go. Yeah, I, so thought, there you go. I, I thought who I actually thought would might have been the um, the heir apparent in that left, yeah. left back role. So, well, still might be. Never yeah. know. Yeah, could be. Uh, Phoenix sitting in fourth place right now. They're mathematically still a chance to run down the victory, but that's not going to happen. I would venture they've, a guess. They've lost their margin for error, haven't they? Though in that race for fourth. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're in fourth. Uh, yeah, but they've lost their margin for error. If they'd have beaten Adelaide, it would have been oh, yeah, almost. Yeah. Now assured. I get what you mean. Yeah, basically. Phoenix need to win, and honestly, I think they will. I think this is going to be another one of those games mm. where David Williams just comes in and says, why am I not playing for the Socceroos? Actually, that's a good point. How well is David Williams going yeah. you know, this season as well? Like That's that's a great bit of signing you yeah. know, by, by Mark Rodan. But um, yeah, look, uh, as far as this game goes, yeah, I can't see anything other than a, a Knicks win. I think they've got a lot more to play for. I think, you know, one, it's one thing trying to chase down uh, Melbourne victory for third, but also as well, making sure they don't slip up, you know, any lower than fourth because a home final um, in, in the fir- in the elimination week of uh, finals, I think that's that's what they're playing yeah. for. And they I deserve know I a home to... final too, by the way. Mm-hmm. They deserve a home final yep. based on how they've played this year. And uh, look, I know I do love to heckle uh, Wellington Phoenix for all the right reasons, I say. But, yeah, I think it's really good seeing them doing well this season. Yeah. So, yeah. For the Royals, I hope that young Aaron Reardon gets a chance at centre-back if Tongik can't I think he's play. Gonna, I think he has yeah, I hope he does. And hopefully he's been Zach playing Duncan. youth league. Yep, he's yep. been playing youth league back after his collarbone injury, I think. So, hopefully he gets an opportunity. Daniel Leckett right back. Maybe Zach Duncan in a midfield position. And I'm sure that if Enrique is not going to be playing, Lockerlinger will be back in the squad as well. So, he might, after his two-goal performance in the NPL, be able to add something in the front third. So, Hopefully some of these young players can really step up for the Roar and offer something. Absolutely. All right. I think we're pushing about an hour now, if not already over. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, thank you. Good to see you again, James. And Adam. Thank you. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Yeah, hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Wednesday. Yes? Yes. We'll be back next Wednesday to recap the weekend that was in the A-League, NPL, NPLW, and 
Not the FQPL, because they've got the weekend off. So, How about the FFA Cup, then? And the FFA Cup. There we go. Uh, get out to a local ground. Get out to Suncorp Stadium Friday night. There's a lot of football for you to enjoy. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday.